friendship breakups, the ins and outs of the acting industry, and cultural family pressure with Sanaa Sheikh. We're Jasmine and Maggie, and you're listening to Culture Club. This is our monthly interview with a person we find interesting and that we think you will too. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung people and the Gadigal people are the traditional custodians of this land upon which we live, work and record this podcast. We would like to pay our respects to Elders past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Sunar Sheikh is a South African-born actress who moved to Perth when she was 16. While her parents weren't sure about her acting path, she followed it anyway and has now starred in a number of TV shows such as Reckoning, Dive Club, Summer Love and multiple short films. Her latest acting credit is in Prime Video's apocalyptic, heartfelt and hilarious comedy Class of 07. Welcome Sunar, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. You are an actor, but we know nothing about this world. Can you please tell us what your days actually look like? Um, yeah, thanks for having me on the chat. I appreciate it. Um, the world of an actor, where do I even begin? It's actually not as glamorous, I think, as everyone <laughs> thinks it might be. Um, it's funny because, like, I guess people think, like, the job is, you know, to be on set and to act in, like, a movie or a commercial or something. But a lot of the job is just auditioning. Like that is like really like my day today. Um, I get auditions every week and I put them down um, and then you sometimes hear back from them or they just kind of like go out into the ether and you like never hear from them ever again for as long as you live. And then it like pops up in a press release like four months later and you're like, oh, that's who it went to. Very interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, that kind of is really like the day to day. Like it's literally just like, so many self tapes constantly day in and day out and then like maybe you'll get a bite maybe you won't and for a lot of it like I think it takes a lot getting used to because when I first started I was like I just want to book that job and my agents were like um it really is just about auditioning I'm like, oh, okay <laughs> but then you do get to get on set and then it is really fun <laughs> yeah I was gonna say it seems like that is the majority of it like people think it's can be glamorous but I remember I lived with an actress like back in uni and she was always like asking me to help her with her self-tapes and I was like wow yeah. the amount of work that goes into that that side of it that no one sees just like relearning the lines and like going for audition after audition just like filming in your bedroom seems like a lot and like it must take a lot of resilience. A hundred percent um and that is definitely it you know it's funny because like you always need a reader constantly 24 seven. And so like building a network of actor friends or just, you know, friends, friends that are good readers is so important. I think for like the world of an actor, like the life of an actor. Um, I have like maybe a handful of people that I go to because it's also about feeling comfortable. And then they also have to, you know, be a good reader. They don't really have to be actors, but you just have to feel comfortable around them. And then they also just have to be available too. Um, it's funny because my, my, my husband is actually my go-to at the moment. I love that. <laughs> he reads like he's reading a children's book, which is <laughs> very annoying, but he gives the greatest direction. It's the weirdest thing. Um, and then I have, you know, handfuls of acting friends as well that really helped me. And yeah, it is just, you know, in your room. I have this like big fold out um, green background that I've just recently acquired, which has changed my life. And 
yeah, I'm battling like my dog for attention and Jordan's reading like he's reading to a child and then I got the I also only got the audition like, you know, yesterday and it's like 45 wow. pages long. And so I'm like not really off book. And that's another interesting thing too. Like it's so different um, how you do self-tapes in Australia versus how you do self-tapes in America. Because I just did one the other day when it was from my US manager and I wasn't off like off book because when you like don't you know, like know the lines entirely. But in America, they don't really care. They're like, oh, whatever. Like you're just giving an essence. Whereas in Australia, um, for some reason you have to be off book. Mm. And you're just like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> oh my gosh. I love these insights mm. so much. Because like we said at the top, we're like, we don't know anything about this. Um, I'm a terrible actor. Like I'm a terrible liar, so I, I'm not saying that your profession is lying. But, I'm a professional liar, <laughs> but I am like so bad at anything in that realm. But I kind of want to like take it back a little bit. Can you tell us like how long you've been acting for, and like how did you get your start? And also like, sorry, so many questions. But like, okay. why you wanted to do this? I will start my tale at the beginning. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm. So I come from a very typical like ethnic family. So, you know, my parents are Muslim, um, mixture of Indian, Arab, Egyptian. And, you know, if you don't have a quote, real job, you're not really like doing life properly. Um, and so my first love was dancing. I've always wanted to be a ballet dancer. Um, but my dad told me at one point, he's like, you know, Sana, name one ballet dancer that you know. I'm like, okay brutal but you kind of make a valid point and so I was like cool I'm gonna step into another job that is um super reliable <laughs> acting <laughs> um <laughs> which <laughs> isn't but I did eventually have to go and do a real job so I kind of only really been starting I've been doing acting since like I'd say full-time since like 2019 I was working in finance before I worked for a um a a financial services company called Challenger and I I really have to like give a lot of ups to like my manager at the time because he was so 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 supportive and so lovely and every time I'd have an audition come through every time I needed some time he was always like no 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 take your time you know go and do it you, you just see like the passion was there he was so great and so Dean if you're listening big ups thank you so much um and I was really lucky enough in 2019 to get sort of like I wouldn't say like my my big break because I don't think that's really happened yet but um I went and shot a film called Nomad which we traveled around the world for like nine months um so I had to quit the job and that was sort of like where everything really took off which was amazing because it was a great uh, film to be a part of and the crew was really fun and we got to travel to like 25 different countries um which didn't really feel like work it was just like a big holiday um, and then we stopped because COVID happened and then, yeah, things have just sort of like been happening since then. Um, I think I answered that wow. question. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we are going to talk about Nomad later because okay. we want to hear about your travels. But <laughs> I also am so interested in the fact that you just mentioned you worked in finance, you have a master's degree in management. Did that stem from any cultural pressures, do you think, or did you really enjoy that kind of very different world, I feel like it is, to acting? What was that like? It 1,000% stemmed from cultural pressure. I have never really been 
anyone who's been into that stuff. I've always been a creative person. You know, even if it was dancing, I then shifted that to acting. I used to play instruments. I used to sing. I used to dance. Like it was always been that. That's always been who I am. Um, but yeah, again, and, and no knock on my parents who made me do finance and get a and get a real job. Like they were just doing what they thought I needed to do because <laughs> obviously, like this world is so foreign to them. Um, but no, it definitely wasn't me at all. Even when I was even when I was doing my um, masters, I was like, "What am I doing here? Like I'm just wasting my time." <laughs> wow. But it was because we were because I was living in Perth first, and then I got accepted to do my. Um, my master's at UCID and in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, I'll just come and do that. But then I can get an agent, and <laughs> do acting work and I'll just do it all on the side. And like never told my parents about it. I was like sneakily like doing, you know, like um, uh, classes and like short shitty films and no, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say shitty films because, <laughs> you know, they, they made me who I am today, do short films. Um, and yeah, only after a while, my dad was like, oh, okay, all right. Oh. You did both of that. Okay, maybe you can do it. I was like, I can, dad. Um, and even even when I was doing um, my job at Challenger, you know, when you can't really explain what an asset is and you have to like investopedia everything, like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) And you also moved from South Africa to Perth when you were a teenager. Can you tell us what that was like? And was there any culture shock coming from South Africa or is it quite similar? It was a little bit different. I won't lie. Um, I came in year 11. So it was just a bit like Mm. weird, I could think, for anyone coming Mm, sort of at the end of high school. Um, But, yeah, it was – I just always found like – it was a bit like American for me because like, I don't know, maybe people would say that going to South Africa, I guess, because like it's all relative. But I just remember like going to the, like the canteen. I was like, whoa, this is like <laughs> movies, <laughs> like jumping on a bus because like no one really catches public transport in South Africa. It's really different. Everyone drives. Um, so when I jumped on a bus for the first time, I was like, whoa, like a movie. Um <laughs> But I love the fact it was kind of the same. <laughs> yeah, I love that you romanticized the bus, like the bus, yeah. like like fully. Probably one of my least favorite forms of public transport. I got to admit, but no, <laughs> so bad. Now I'm like, ew, the bus. <laughs> when I was, yeah. yeah, when I was like a 16 year old, so I was like, ooh, I catch the bus to school. Look at me. <laughs> yeah, probably not like a yellow one like the movies, but yeah, similar. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of high school, we are so, so excited for Class of 07. I think I've watched the trailer like three times. I can't wait to like binge watch it when it comes out on, is it the 16th? The 17th. 17th. It will be already out by the time we send this live, but it looks so fun. And if someone's never seen it before, how would you describe it? Class of 07 is about a group of women who go to their 10-year high school reunion and while they're there, this apocalyptic tidal wave happens and sort of washes up the whole world. But because they're on this peak, they think that they're the only survivors. And it's just about them trying to survive with these people that they haven't seen in like 10 years. <laughs> it's um, it's very silly, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it be described as Lord of the Flies in cocktail dresses, which 
sounds right up my alley. I don't know, just like the friendship dynamics. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, we were we we were joking about it during the, the filming. We were like, yeah, um, Lord of the Flies in cocktail dresses, or more like Lord of the Flies in active wear. Because we spend <laughs> a lot of time yeah <laughs> um but yeah it definitely is like that it does get a bit like crazy and manic and um yeah I don't want to give too much away but yeah it, mm. it, it gets it gets it gets very silly but it's not like slapstick silly or anything it's like very grounded and it's more of like the situations and the circumstances the characters like find themselves in or they sort of like lead themselves to get to um yeah, it's very, it was very fun. Very, very, very fun. It was also a bit meta, like, filming it as well because I have to admit I did hijack that work from Steph to Zell. I heard her say it the other day. <laughs> um, in the sense that we filmed it during COVID and so we were all in a bubble. We weren't allowed to see anyone else. Wow. And just, like, the show, we weren't seeing anyone else. Oh, my God, it's like method yeah. acting. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. One thing I'm really excited about for the show is that, yeah, it deals with like natural disasters and it's got that apocalyptic feel to it, except it's also really grounded in really human, I guess, emotions and around like female friendships and old best friends. Why do you think it's important for, I guess, adult women to watch media about female friendships and even friendship breakups from years ago? Oh, this is such an awesome topic. I love this one because. I feel so strongly about this. So I feel like the female friendship is something that has been depicted in TV, like only like recently though, especially like you really don't see so much about female breakups. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important for us to see this stuff because, you know, as we get older and there's like changing worlds or whatever, like female friendships are so important and they're so hard to, you know, create and keep. Um, And when they break apart, like, it's almost more hurtful than a romantic breakup because, you know, this is the person that like knows the ins and outs and the worsts of you. And, you know, you think that they'll be there through thick and thin. So like sort of when they end, you're like, Oh, that was really jarring. Um, I didn't expect that. Um, And, you know, we've seen so much of male friendships on TV. Like I feel like from like two thousands through to like, you know, the mid 2015 like all we saw were like these like male duos like where are the female duos yeah and I think a lot of that it comes down to like obviously the men writing the scripts as well but for some reason people don't think that like women can be like that funny like female duos can't be that funny but like they are they are hilarious and I think it's just getting people used to also that type of humor as well because my partner was watching it and he was like hmm women comedy I was like you know what Jordan you're the problem like (laughs) (laughs) I hate that he's like I guess I just don't get it like no you don't because he was trying to watch Fleabag and he's like I just don't get the humor I was like Uh, it's hilarious yeah that's like a woman's inner monologue (laughs) um (laughs) but I do think also like like you said in the media we've seen in years past when it is a female friendship or a female breakup it it's almost catty or like mean girls vibe of like oh we're not friends anymore and it can be nasty but I think it's so important to show female friendships that are just sad like you're right like a, a friendship breakup and like why did we fall out as friends and how have our our lives taken these different paths um mm-hmm. I'm yet to see class of 07 I'm kind of just assuming that that is a topic in the show would that be correct that is definitely correct okay. it definitely explores all avenues of female friendships and I hope I'm not I guess 
this is coming out only after, right? So when everyone yeah. listens to it, they'll already watch the show. Um, there are no like romantic relationships in the show. Wow. Um, which when we were filming, we were like, hmm, this is weird. But yeah. I think I get it now. I think it's like, it's about female friendships and the different types of female friendships. Like all of us have an arc that we go through, relationships that we have with in like the different dynamics of girls mm. and it really does explore like all that different sort of stuff and then like women in a group as well because it's so crazy like you know women all become friends and then for some reason something wrong always has to happen you know like mm. I don't know if you guys have experienced like big friendship groups of girls and then it never really lasts no. <laughs> for some whatever reason yeah. um but yeah it explores all the different types of women things <laughs> I'm really surprised and really excited to watch now even more so about the fact that there are no romantic relationships in the show um, especially because when we're talking about friendship breakups a lot of them like I'm thinking about the OC or whatever I don't know um, but like they break up because of a boy and it's yeah these like mm. catty fights that we see and like you know this show is going to be passing the Bechdel test scene in scene out like yeah 100% we, we do all have partners outside of the show yeah um we don't know if we're able to see them again um (laughs) but in terms of like the like the women that have you know romantic Mm. relationships or like develop it hasn't quite maybe season two it'll happen but this one is purely purely friendship love that and Mm. what was it like working with um an all-female cast and you know actresses like emily browning and caitlin stacy yeah it was really awesome I will say it was funny because this was the third project in a row that I had been um, in an all-female cast. Um, started with Dive Club and then the next one was It Only Takes Nine and then it was um, Class of 07. Mm-hmm. And so by the time Class of 07 came around, everyone was like, oh, female cast is so exciting. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> women. <laughs> like, let's but no, it so yeah that was so great like it was honestly so much fun every day it was just like the goal was to make someone laugh it was really cool and I am a huge fan of Sucker Punch so when I found out that it was gonna be Emily Browning that was in it I was like super fangirling the first day I met her I was like hello big fan Sucker Punch is a really good movie <laughs> she was like okay uh, <laughs> such an icon um, but yeah, she really is. But you so unassuming, like the coolest, loveliest, down to earth. And she's just really funny and like a bit of like, you know, mm. a bit aloof and like really funny and yeah. um, just doesn't really take herself too seriously, which is really good because we were all like just exactly like that. And um, Caitlin Stacey, freaking coolest chick ever. Like she's just got this cool vibe. Yeah. <laughs> but she's so easy to talk to and she's so friendly with everyone. And yeah, like a big, like, like a big older aunt vibe. I'm not going to say mama bear vibe. She's got yeah. a really big, cool older aunt vibe. That's just like, I'll sort things out for you. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. She's, um, she gives off that cool vibe. I was also wondering who, um, like what's your character like what's their name and what are they like and what's your storyline without giving any spoilers away uh I play Teresa and I am part of the two cools group in Mm. school um and yeah she her whole thing is 
she's a she's a mum like she's like a mum soul um she has however has been struggling to get pregnant so um she comes to the reunion to just have like you know a night off from the whole devastating thing that is her lack of pregnancy um but she's just she's just like a softly spoken really lovely person and um I think she gets like a little bit taken advantage of because she is like that but then she she like muscles her way through it's so hard not to give yeah yeah (laughs) yeah no that was a great explanation yeah and then looking at your own high school experience and I don't know if you've been to your own Yuri union for high school or whatnot like how does that compare to your own um your own self I have never been to a high school reunion so I don't know what that would be like the initial feeling when I think about that would be like so much anxiety seeing old people from school but um I wouldn't say I'm too dissimilar from Teresa I wouldn't say that I'm super duper clucky or anything but I probably my temperament and my behavior is probably really similar to her um they're really like keeping away from the drama sort of Mm -hmm. thing and just being like um not I wouldn't say devil's advocate because that sounds like negative but you know just trying to like see everything from like all perspectives Mm. um I'd say in that sense like we're pretty similar and going back to Nomad which you briefly touched on before you've gotten to travel to some amazing places for your work and what have you learned by living that nomadic lifestyle even if it was temporary for the movie what have I learned living the nomadic lifestyle and where was your favorite place? The one big takeaway I did have from Nomad um, wasn't really like a survival thing or like a nomadic thing or anything. It was really more about a sense of perspective coming back from all these different places because we did go to um, a lot of countries that were kind of like on the poorer side um, and we did film in, you know, like slums in India and like streets um in like countries that were a bit poorer and stuff and yeah just coming out of it like such a great sense of perspective on like my own life and like the rest of the world and like where I come from and my privilege and just having like respect for like things because once you see how the other like how like everyone else lives you're like oh wow like life is really great and I need to just like be appreciative of that stuff um and yeah I probably say that was probably the biggest thing coming out of it it's like such a hard thing to explain but I did feel like I came out of it forever changed in like a real different mindset kind of way um I wouldn't say I'm walking around like I love my life everything is great (laughs) kumbaya but yeah you know in like in the quiet moments I'm like yeah things are yeah things, things are good things are good um probably oh it's so hard to say the best place it's so hard because we went to so many um I'd say the Faroe Islands is really at the top of the list um it's such an interesting place it's still fairly untouched by tourism because I think there's like a hatted restaurant that got put there maybe only like a handful of years ago and all these photographers came out to take a photo of it and then post it on socials. And that's when everyone was like, oh, this place 
is interesting. But it's interesting also because the like the native people who live there hate hate them mm. and a lot of the vi- amazing vistas and all the amazing places you can go and see are all the backyards of people's homes so they've put these huge signs around there like yeah. do not come across private property leave us alone essentially I thought that was kind of cool and then you like walk into restaurants and stuff and it's empty and you say oh I'd love to sit down for like you know a meal and they just go sorry we're full oh <laughs> Wow. <laughs> sorry where is that it's um like a collection of islands of denmark oh okay. interesting yeah um very specific flight that takes you out there um and there are no trees it literally looks like viking land it's it's incredible wow, that's so cool they have yeah it's really cool someone we were walking down the street one one day and we saw this baby in a stroller outside the outside of this house just like in the middle of the street when there was like no one around we were like oh my god this baby has been lost someone's left their baby and we're like knocking on all the doors and the the one door we knocked on they came out and we were like is that your child they were like yes like but they're on the street and they're like so she's getting used to the cold ah that's like something that they do there because it gets so cold like they like like babies sleep outside in the wow. in the weather to like acclimatize I was like that's wow. really fascinating that's crazy um another place that was really fun was I've always wanted to go to Egypt so when we went that was really mm. amazing um we also filmed like inside the pyramids so that was really cool oh, that's awesome um and oh Antarctica hands down one of the best places as what? well what you've been to yeah. Antarctica yeah, it was really cool. We went with an absolute micro, micro, micro team. It was just yeah. me, Leo, um, and the director, producer, and cinematographer. And, like, that was it. And, yeah, crossing the Drake was insane. <laughs> and then when you got there, it's so hard to explain. Like, honestly, everything is – it's like a postcard and the water moves differently and you don't actually stay anywhere on land because there's no actual, like – Apart from like the small, I don't know how to explain them, but like they're like little encampments is not the right word, but the people do their work. Research. They stay, they research that yeah. word. But the people coming to visit, you just stay on the boat. So you just go out oh, for a couple wow. of hours and then you come back in. Wow. Yeah, really and cool. that film, is it in, it's still in post production, right? Yes. So, um, yes, still in post. Um, see a bit of it it does look insane um but hopefully hopefully it'll come out this year and you know what it'll be coming out on is it like a streaming or cinema or i think they're hoping for a um a theatrical release so hopefully that hopefully that happens yeah cool keep an eye out for it yeah That is so exciting. I can't believe you've gotten to travel to so many incredible places. And of course, that is one of the perks of the job. I can't imagine how grueling that schedule is, though. Mm. But on the flip side, like you mentioned at the start, you're filming so many self-tapes, you're going to auditions that you don't hear back from. Um, We heard that you got down to the last two for the role of Batwoman in the US TV series. Ruby Rose ended up getting the role. But what was this process like? Um, We can't, can't even imagine how rigorous it was was yeah, that one was a funny one <laughs> yeah um 
when it came through, I did think to myself, this is probably not going to go to me. But then I just kept getting, you know, callbacks and stuff. I was like, oh, okay. Um, it was just putting this initial tape down, getting another uh, callback, then putting like another tape down, getting notes, putting another one, putting another one, putting another one. It was literally just like just doing it over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and that was kind of it. I mean... I feel like if I had gotten any further, I probably then would have gone to like a bit more higher ups. I probably would have got called in, um, you know, once you get down to like the final like two sort of things and you're like doing it in front of people. And that's probably the most scariest bit as well when you start to do it in person in front of either network or producers. And there's like, a you know, a couple of people like sitting in the room and they're like, oh, right act like I'm not nervous at all (laughs) so was that in the US Um, that you were doing that in front of people no so I was just doing it here Ah. I was just doing it from home yeah and I think my agent did a great job of not actually telling me how far I was getting because he was just like yeah just do it again and just do it again that's good yeah and only I only heard that story myself literally from someone else oh um like a few months after that they're like yeah apparently you was close your agent told me I was like I'm sorry what (laughs) I actually think I'd prefer that as well like not knowing the stakes of stuff so you can just Mm -hmm. you probably don't get as nervous right knowing you're like oh my god I'm going up against Ruby Rose and this is it I could get this part if it's just like oh Mm -hmm. just do another one like focus on this and then you're just like okay only my agent is seeing this (laughs) 100% and you know a part of this game is a, a mental a mental game as well as a physical game I guess and a skill set mm. but so much of it is such a mental game you know because the rejection is so hard and it's not just like you know when you don't get like when you go for a, a job you know like a, a different type of a job and they say no it's like oh whatever like it's fine but the product is like is you like mm, this is yeah. you. and when they say no it's such a personal stab and it takes sometimes it takes a lot to get over some are easier than others and some are really 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 hard um and so it is a real mental game to to get over the rejection and just keep moving forward because so much of the momentum too is just from you like from is what's the word where you have to like go from yourself (laughs) um yeah like self-worth or like resilience yeah or like the also the motivation is so like Self-driven, uh, kind of. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, per, like personally driven, like yeah. yourself. Um. Uh. So yeah, it is. It is a huge mental game as well, and there are definitely mm-hmm. days where I'm like, "Why am I doing this? This is torture." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how hard that is because, yeah, again, it's like your face, you, everything that you're doing is, um is so part of the job and right now randomly on my TikTok for you page I'm actually getting a lot of actor content I'm getting a lot of people sharing their self tapes and sharing like uh like this is what I auditioned for and this is what like who got it and like Mm. that kind of process um yeah it's like all over my for you page um but yeah like how have you kind of overcome dealing with this rejection like do you have any I guess tips or like ways that you've dealt with it um no (laughs) (laughs) love the honesty yeah (laughs) not gonna lie um yeah it's it's so tough Mm. and 
it's funny because all acting teachers and all agents and everyone in the industry are just like, you've got to just love the process. And I said to Jordan the other day, I think people just say that because they know how shit this gig is. Like, it's just yeah. something that people say to actors to just be like, yeah, keep well, going. just like, keep going. Um, I haven't really worked out the secret juice. If anyone knows, please <laughs> friggin' tell me because it is really tough. Yeah. Um, but I think I always try and remember that, you know, other people who book those roles, like they're working just as hard as I am. Like they've been in the slog just as long as I have. And just because I see them book this particular role doesn't mean that they haven't lost out on like a bajillion other ones. Mm. I think it's important to remember that like, we're all kind of like in this little game together. Mm -hmm. Um, and like my time will come. There was this actress who is from, I think her name is Letitia Wright. She's in the um, Black Panther movies. Um, Such a great thing that she said. And like that was doing the rounds as well on my my page where she said, um, what is for me will not pass me and what passes me was never for me. And I had like 45 people send that to me legit. And I was like, I know. (laughs) Because it just is. And, you know, I think, yeah. It's just one of those things, you know. My dad said something to me interesting to me the other day. He just goes, "What you're searching for is also searching for you." Mm. Like, and one day it will find yeah. you. <laughs> I love those phrases, and I feel like it can be um, applied to like any industry. Like being honest here, I also just got rejected from a job, um, oh, and like it is that resilience of like letting yourself wallow for a few days or whatever, and then learn. Yeah, remembering rather that like what's meant for you won't pass you by and something like yeah, what helped me as well is like something is just around the corner like you didn't get that because like something else is coming which could be even better um yeah yeah so, yeah and also just it's, time heals <laughs> <laughs> true 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 it's so hard in the moment though you know especially when you want something so badly and it doesn't work out which is you know, far yeah out sucks sometimes it does suck I'm not gonna lie like the rejection really sucks Mm. um but better to be in the game than out of it exactly yeah I'm I'm um I'm Karen in this instance in Mean Girls oh no sorry is it the girl with the big hair (laughs) she says it's better to be in the plastics than out of it oh Gretchen um Gretchen yeah Yeah, I'm Gretchen (laughs) fiddling just hoping one day (laughs) yeah and it shows you care and it shows you're trying and nothing bad can come from trying as well. Yeah, 100%. Mm. 100%. And, you know, when it does finally land, like, it's so, so amazing. But it's also really great seeing, like, you know, friends succeed too. Like, even I lost out a role a few weeks ago actually to one of my good friends and I was like, mm. you know what? Yeah. <laughs> For yeah, those yeah, listening yeah. at home, you've got your thumbs <laughs> yeah. up as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that can come across so bad. No, I was like, in the, in the moment I was like, fuck. Oh, budge and I was like no you know what hell fucking yeah you go girl like I'm so excited for you and and yeah those those moments are really good too you know when friends are succeeding as well because we're all like in this together um I always think of um what's his face Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire as one other actor how they call themselves the pussy posse when they were when they were smaller oh (laughs) what It was, it was it's Leonardo DiCaprio, Tobey Maguire, and I can't remember the the third actor's name, but they were like these three young guys trying to like you know make it in Hollywood and like oh. they're like late twenties, no early twenties, like teens, or whatever late late teens. 
Um, yeah, and they call themselves the Pussy Posse. Why? Well, <laughs> yeah, it's the most, yeah, like 90s thing ever. <laughs> yes, completely. Oh, amazing. I have to also ask because we've got a very creative community that listens to our podcast and I'm sure there are some budding actors out there. Did you have any words of advice that you could share with someone um, who wants to get into the world of acting? I think the the industry has changed so much even since I've just started and it's really more about now just like being a thousand percent you you know um just be your interesting self give it a crack don't pretend or try to be like you're something else because it if it feels weird to you then it's probably gonna look weird Mm -hmm. on screen um and people say this all the time and like I've heard people say this before and I was like they don't know what they're talking about but honestly just like never give up because you know all the motivation like we said from before comes from like within you and if you have a freaking dream like honestly just go for it because not trying is worse than trying and I think try not to also compare yourself to other people because it will be the death of you it is so hard like there's plenty of friends around me and people around me that I've worked with that I've seen like just like go through the roof and I'm like oh my god like what the hell but what about me and like that's when like the decay starts like inside my own like mental state and don't compare because it really isn't worth it like everyone's just like so different and now with streamers fucking popping up shows left right and center like there's so much content you know there's just so much out there and being an actor isn't like what it was like you know, 10 or 20 years ago where you had like a small group, like a small amount of network TV shows, a small amount of movies. Um, There is such a thing as a working actor now. Like that just is the reality, which is awesome. Yeah. There's space for everyone. Yeah, that's so nice. There's space for everyone. Yeah. So just try. Yeah. Class of 07 is just about to come out and not to get ahead of ourselves because, you know, we're still talking about Class of 07, but are there any other projects coming up that you can share with our audience without breaking any NDAs? (laughs) Um, There is um, It Only Takes a Night, which I think is doing something in the background. That's Mm -hmm. with uh, Eliza Taylor, which is really fun to shoot too and um yeah I think we'll probably see that one that one soon it's also a comedy I really like pigeonhole myself in like comedies which I I don't mind comedies are fun yeah it'll be fun (laughs) um so yeah hopefully we'll we'll start to see a little bit about about that one and then hopefully Nomad at the end of the year which is fun where can our lovely audience find you on socials as well I am a little bit of a grandma I am only on Instagram I am on Instagram. My handle is Sanaa Milkshake. <laughs> That's cute. I love it. That's where you can find me. Yeah. I just post funny pictures of myself because why not? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, Sanaa. We've loved chatting with you and hearing all about your acting experience and process. So, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. And we can't wait to watch you on our little screens and possibly the big screen as well. Thank you so much for having me. This has been such a wonderful, great chat. I really appreciate it. I am so excited for everyone to see Class of 07. Like, we've been waiting, I wouldn't say so long, but we've been waiting 
for everyone to binge it and the moment is coming yes <laughs> i'm so excited it's like exactly <laughs> what i need like my brain is itching for that yeah so everyone go watch class of 07 on amazon prime thank you <laughs>